Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Good morning, golfers. Your tea time awaits. It's the Tea to Green Golf Show here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Got a thought on the PGA Tour? Want help with your swing? Give the show a call at 803-0550. Tea to Green is being presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome. Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs, Pendleton Creek Golf Club and Lancaster Country Club. Time to talk golf. Here are your hosts, Brian Cozio, Kevin Sylvester, and PGA Pro Jeff Metis. Good morning. Just after 7 o'clock, we welcome you in live here on WGR Sports Radio 550. It is Tea to Green, your best spot for local golf talk every Saturday morning from 7 to 8 a.m. right here on WGR. Thanks for waking up with us here. It is a, uh, a little chilly morning here as we are live in Lewiston, New York at the beautiful Niagara Falls Country Club. Brian Colsey along with PGA Pro Jeff Metis. Kevin Sylvester has the week off. Jeff, a, a very... He's Jeff. Uh, Kevin's got a a tall task this week in his member member event, so he's he's focused early on. I noticed he uh, he was a true stalwart and got out there yesterday to play a practice round. I think that says all we need to know about Kevin That's and his right. desire to play golf. The de- the dedication is there yes, for sure. Yes, but uh, we're in. Uh, one of, I think, one of the most iconic places of golf here in Western New York at Niagara Falls Country Club. We're in the Porter Cup room with a lot of cool Porter Cup memorabilia. And uh, I'm going to tweet out some pictures of uh, some of the cool stuff here that's on the wall right behind us here in the Porter Cup room, Jeff. And it's Women's Cup Porter, it's Women's Porter Cup Week. And uh, we're going to be speaking a little bit about that here coming up in a moment. Uh, but uh, what a cool room that we're in. Yeah, I, I just like looking at the plaques. Look, at, we, were, we were going through the list of names of the Porter Cup champions earlier today, and they're all on the tour, and they're all names everybody would recognize. I mean, Ryuji, everybody. There's Bobby Clampett, Alan Doyle, David Duvall, Gary Nicholas, Phil Mickelson, Robert Gamez, Jay Siegel, Nolan Henke. You can go down and down the list, and they're all tour players. And uh, and the women's the women's Porter Cup's got the same cachet. Yes, and they have, and those are just the champions. Correct. You mentioned Mickelson, who, of course, is a big story. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Phil Mickelson's win at the PGA Championship, obviously dominating the uh, the golf world here. So we'll get that in. Uh, we'll get in our Western New York PGA Tip of the Week as well. Uh, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau's had some uh, some drama this week, so we'll we'll talk about that here as well. Uh, but the front end of the show, lots on the Women's Porter Cup. Uh, Brian Oakley, the Women's Porter Cup director here, joining us now, and uh, we say good morning to Brian. Good morning. Hi. Thanks for having us, Brian. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming on again. Now I think this is what maybe your Five, six in a row we've had you on the radio. I think it is. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Other than last year, we know, of course. Right. But uh, we're, we're going to move on from that. Everything... 
feeling good about kind of uh, getting a sense of normalcy back, which includes great local events across Western New York, and the Porter Cup is one of those. And uh, the Women's Porter Cup every year is growing and growing. Brian, I know you have a big hand in that, uh, being the chairman. Uh, I know you and your staff have done a great job getting it ready. So the tournament's this week, right, starting on Wednesday. It is, yeah. And uh, it was a slow start because we weren't sure exactly what kind of, um, you know, uh, rules and regulations we had to, to jump through to be able to make this happen. But it all kind of came together in the last two weeks. So it's, uh, we're excited about it. And you were saying before, as we were chatting, that the, the field's looking strong, even though, you know, there's some COVID restrictions and stuff like that. You got some real nice players coming in? We do. And uh, one of the reasons for that is that a, a lot of the um, young ladies are landlocked, that they have to stay here versus going back to their home countries. And uh, also, there's, there's not a lot of events for the, for the girls to, to have a, an opportunity to play. So we've benefited from both those things. Before we get into this year's event and just some of the players and, and some of the information about it, uh, just can you take us through the history here for those maybe listening to this for the first time? Uh, how long has the Women's Porter Cup been going? And just kind of how has it grown? And I know you've been a part of this, uh, this growth here at Niagara Falls Country Club. Yeah, we go back, uh, you know, nine years, I guess now. And uh, we said, hey, you know, can we have an opportunity for the ladies as well? So we, we started it. We, it came very, very slow at the beginning because nobody knew about it. And uh, as one of the uh, head coaches uh, said to me, he said, my girls didn't really understand that I wanted them to play during the summer. It was more the boys doing that, and the girls didn't have the, the events to, to be able to go out and do that. So, you know, we're, we're eighth uh, year into it now. Um, I think we've, we've gained, you know, a lot of uh, recognition um, globally, I would like to say. And, um, you know, we're here too for the long haul. That's excellent. And we know that the growth of getting more women involved in the game of golf. Jeff, I know you through the PGA, that's that's one of your initiatives, right? To right, get yep. more, more, more ways to get women involved and enjoying the game. Yeah, well, it's 51% of the population, so why wouldn't we want them playing golf? And, mm -hmm. and they love golf too, so uh, yeah, it's it, it's a no-brainer um, to, to get more women involved in golf. And you know, Title IX did great for women's golf in college, and an event like this also helps it grow. And we got a great player sitting next to us. We're interested to ask her a few questions about playing in this event. And um, you know, to me, it's just fun. It's like I like I like watching them play golf. I like teaching them, and um, I'll be interested to see how it goes this week. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll bring in now Alex Namaski. Alex, I think I said that right. Yeah, you got it. Awesome. Alex was on with us, I think, two years ago, um, and this will be your fifth Porter Cup. Yes, sir. So, do we get to call you a veteran now of the uh, of the Porter Cup event here? I don't know. What do you think, Mr. Oakley? Oh, yeah, you are. I think five years. I think five years makes you a veteran. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. So, so tell us about the event. I mean, when you go to the first tee, what's it going to be like for you? Um, I'm I'm excited because um, now I've actually been working at Niagara Falls Country Club since 2019, and even before that, it was like a very special tournament for me. Uh, my dad would usually come down and caddy for me this year. He can't because he's back home in Toronto, so he can't get across the border. But uh, I kind of have like my own little family here. The members, I, they said they're going to come out and watch me. So I think that will be pretty special on the first tee. Will you be nervous? <laughs> I'm going to be a little nervous for sure, but I've been working on my mental game. So. Well, it's, it's fun if you're nervous, right? That means you're doing something big, right? right? Yeah, if you're not nervous, you're just playing with your buddies. This is a little bit different than that. Mm -hmm. Which is cool. How about just... The family dynamic of COVID, we, you know, we're obviously very near here, the Canadian border. I'm sure there's many, you know, our, our listeners on WGR from Southern Ontario, um, 
some of the a lot of them maybe either know about the Porter Cup, have attended the Porter Cup, are familiar, or maybe even have played here at some point uh, at Niagara Falls Country Club. Uh, but your families, you said your dad can't come and caddy for you. Like, what's that been like here with the with the border being closed and just those challenges? Yeah. Well, last year. Um I wasn't able to go home at all because I was just worried about getting back into the U.S. if I did go home. So that was kind of tough, them being like an hour and 15 minutes away, and I wasn't able to go back. But uh, I was fortunate enough to go back uh, in December and a little bit of January, so I saw them then. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not one to get homesick too much, but it would be nice if you could have came down for Hopefully this. Hopefully your parents aren't listening. <laughs> They're going to listen at some point. <laughs> So what's the biggest challenge of playing an event like this for you? Golf-wise, I guess I would say. I would say uh, just trying to stay focused and stuff. Like when you're playing a big tournament, there's a lot of distractions out there, I would say. so. People wandering around, the nature of the event. What are the distractions that you'd be talking about? Like... Uh, well, let's yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I would say like yeah. pe people walk, watching and stuff like oh, that. Like I, I personally like people watching, but sometimes I tend to like get caught up in the like the attention of it and it feels like a big moment for me so like this week I'm just trying to stay focused on my process and my routine and you know stay in my own head so that sounds perfect yeah that sounds like what you should be doing Alex Navoski one of the players here uh, playing in the women's Porter Cup event Brian Oakley the chairman of the women's Porter Cup Brian you'll have probably what different nerves going into the week right as tournament director we want everything to go smoothly for everybody right yeah, quite frankly, <laughs> at this point, um, I'm on cruise control. Yeah. Once you get through and you've got your, your field set and you've got the great team that I have around us uh, to, to all contribute in the one direction, um, it's just a matter now of um, praying for the weather. That's right. That's something that you can't control. But I guess it looks good, at least at the, as of this moment, so that's promising. Well... It's not yesterday. <laughs> that's so right. That's, that's all I'm hoping for. That's right. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the field. Um, you mentioned, I know, you know, we mentioned, we just talked about Canada, the border, you normally a, a strong group from Canada play, but uh, we were talking that a lot of those players are already at a U.S. university right now or college playing, so them being able to participate, luckily for the majority of them, seems to be a go. Um, what else in terms of the field kind of stands out this year? Well, just to start with our returning players, um, we've got a Canadian, uh, Taylor Coho. Uh, we've got... Um, Kennedy Pedigo, who's um, from the um, SMU um, Mustangs, um, both playing very well of late. So we're excited to have those ladies. Um, three of our top four uh, finishers from 2019 are back uh, this year, which is exciting. Mary Parsons plays for Indiana. Uh, Bridget Thibault uh, from Canada as well. She plays for Fresno State. And she was actually part of the first two um, Women's Masters at Augusta, uh, which started in 2019. So that, that's very exciting to have a player of that caliber. And then we've got our returning champion, uh, who is Jackie Rokowitz, who graduated from Penn State. Um, she, she, her scores in, in 2019 to win it were 71, 66, 71, and she had to go to a playoff to win it. So uh, she's very accomplished. We're very excited about that. Having the returning champion back adds, I think, a, a little to the event, wouldn't you say? Just to to have them back to defend their title. Absolutely, and then this is only the second time it's happened, so that, that's exciting. And the young lady from USF? You're ah, yes. yes. Let me start. Uh, that would be um, Melanie Green. She's a local. Um, she's from Medina. Yep. And uh, in her freshman uh, D1 debut uh, just last month, 
Uh, she was 69-69-73, and that uh, gave her a second overall finish. So we're excited to have her back, uh, not back. Uh, this is the first time we've been trying to get her for a couple of years now. And you mentioned a couple other local players that people might notice that are also participating, right? Yeah, we've got um, Gwendolyn Yarnell from East Aurora. Uh, she's a 2020 Player of the Year uh, from the age group uh, 16 to 18. In her last four events, uh, she's only placed uh, second twice and first twice. So that's um, quite a, uh, a streak to be had. Uh, we've got um, Mika McDonald from uh, Webster, New York. Uh, she's a sophomore at uh, William & Mary. Excellent. Uh, she was the 2019 Rochester District Champion. And then I mentioned uh, earlier Chelsea D'Antonio. She's played in all eight of our events. Um, so she had you know, a great career at Winthrop. Um, and she, she, um, she was the New York State Amateur uh, uh, Champion from Lancaster uh, with a record eight under 65 in her final round. And that... Uh, that's pretty much it. We've got Mel, uh, uh, Madeline Catalano from our home course here, who's a local. And then we've also got Lindsay May from Clemson. That I think everybody recognizes that name as well. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. So the, ev the event itself starts on Wednesday uh, at 8 o'clock. That's the opening round. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday uh, for this year's the eighth annual edition now of the Women's Porter Cup. Uh, let's bring Alex back in. Alex, what kind of goals do you have for this year's tournament? Do you have like a score you're looking to shoot you have a place you're hoping to finish or, by like or just first nothing else <laughs> which is okay too if that's it <laughs> i try to not set expectations before a tournament like score wise or anything like that but i'm really just trying to focus on my like process and my routine and stuff like that i, th I think a top 10 would be cool i finished top 10 once um, my other finishes haven't been so great so i'm hoping to do a little better than i did two years ago is your game in good shape right now I'm hitting it pretty well. I need to tighten up my short game these next couple days. Yeah. But yeah, that's a little bit important in these events. Yeah, these greens are tough around here too, especially when they get them in Porter Cup conditions. They are, and the rough is super thick around the greens as well. So chipping is very key this week. What's the What's the biggest challenge of playing this course? Is it the areas around the greens? Is it like what would you say? Is it is it a a tough tee shot course? Is it a tough second shot course? Is it the green areas? What What's the most challenging for you? I would say the greens. The greens are tough to read, and they're pretty well protected, like bunker-wise, and uh, definitely with the rough right now. And it just rained all day yesterday, so I'm sure the grass is going to be nice and thick. How it should be, right? Yeah, yeah it's a major right. return to identify the best player, right? Exactly. That's how it should be. Absolutely, the, ch the, the challenge it is. Uh, Brian, can people... Let's let's talk about what are the spectator rules this year? Can people come out? Are, are you still accepting people if they want to help in any way? Like what what are some of the if people are listening right now maybe want to participate in some way? Yeah, no, um, you know it, it's it's kind of like it's a it's a, a growing um, uh, daily change of, of the rules yeah. as we all know. So no, we're having uh, spectators uh, can certainly come out. To they the, can, to, yeah, absolutely. And as far as volunteers, we, we have a pretty good core, you know, within the club itself. But, uh, you know, if somebody was that um, urgent to, to get a, to be a part of it, then, you know, certainly we would uh, consider it. But, um, no, we're, we're, we're excited about it. Um, you know, just having everybody come back, you know, into town and, and be able to, uh, you know, the, the letters and, and emails that we've received saying that, you know, we're just excited to, to have an event to play in again. Um, is, is, is something that the young ladies are, are 
very anxious to get back to. And I, and I know from the many years that we've been up here with the Men's Porter Cup event, I know you guys are trying to, to have the same with the women's, is that it's, yes, the, the golf tournament is great, the golf course is great, but you want to make this a memorable experience. And I know a lot of times that's, whether it's with members housing the players, I know you guys go, do the Made of the Mist trip, you have players' dinners, you have all these sorts of extra items that I know when, you, when you've talked with pros and, and others that have gone on to maybe huge success and played places all over the world, one thing they'll always remember about this experience, I know they always say is that they always, you know, they really felt welcome, like that everybody here really cared about it. I know that's, that's the feedback that I've always got about when you ask people about the Porter Cup experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got players out there like, you know, Brooke Henderson that, that's, you know, ripping it up on the LPGA. And they do say the, those things, and, and it's nice to hear. Um, I think you'd hear those from the, from the guys as well. Yeah. But uh, bottom line is, um, you know, we're a little handcuffed this year from the standpoint of, of you know, members, housing, and et cetera. So, you know, our, our members will come out and embrace the, the tournament as much as they can. But, you know, to have that young lady in their home and, and to be able to really, that that's where we want to get back to. So that, that's what we're hoping for. I, I heard an interview with Phil Mickelson about a month ago when he was just talking about some of the things that he had done in his career to, to be successful. And in, his, in the interview, he mentioned the Porter Cup. He had said how, you know, during his amateur career, they, they were asking about, you know, when did you know that you really could make it? And he said, you know, well, this and this during college and this and this during my amateur career. And then he rattled off about two or three things that he said were big accomplishments for him. And he said winning the Porter Cup, a big amateur event, like he had... I don't know if you guys actually heard the sound, but it was on social media maybe about a month I heard or so it. ago. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, yep. Yeah, and, and he had mentioned that, so I thought that was cool. And obviously what Mickelson did last week, I'm sure, and he's on the plaque right behind us here too. Brian, that's got to be pretty cool. You guys walk by and a little extra prouder uh, walking, <laughs> walking a little taller when you see his name up there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a who's who of, of players. And, you know, you, you kind of date yourself if you remember some of the names, but... Uh, no, that, that's the tradition that we have here at uh, Niagara Falls Country Club, and, and uh, we're a great part of it. Yeah. yeah, you can't root for a past winner because you've got too many people to root for when exactly. they're out on tour. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. You mentioned Brooke Henderson playing in it, too. Um, Alex, that's pretty cool to have an LPGA star. I mean, she's – right, Jeff? I'm not – I mean, she's, oh, yeah, she's, she's a star. She's, she's a top – She's a top three, five name on the LPGA Tour, I would right? say she's, I mean, who would you rather pick as a player? I mean, if you're going to have someone shoot a good score right. for you, I'd and she probably pick her. She was in the first one. That's Yeah, yeah that's I actually... Cool. Uh, and, and if you've met her, right? Yeah, we know each other. We've yeah. played together before. We grew up playing the same kind of events as juniors. And I, the first time I ever heard about the Porter Cup was uh, my dad was like, oh, Brooke Henderson just won this tournament and she shot 10 under. And that was what year? What, year, what was that, 2015, 14? 15. 15, okay. And then I played my first one the next year, the next I believe. Year. So, yeah. This tournament's very special to me. Mr. Oakley's always made me feel so welcome since I was 18. Now I'm 23. I the members hope. really, like, the, the <laughs> members don't get any better than at this club. If any of them are listening, it's a really special place. That's awesome. Well, Alex, good luck this week. Thank yeah, you play so much. Well. Thank good you for you. having me. Play well. We'd love to have you on next year as the defending champion. Yeah. We'll, we'll prepare that interview now. That's right. Okay. Set it up. Don't, 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 uh, don't forget about us when yeah. you win this year. Yeah, don't go big time in us. All That's right. right. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Brian, thank you. Uh, before we let you go, you want to just give out the information again, starting times, and again, if people want to come out and watch, and, and what are the days next week? Yeah, so our practice round's on Tuesday, which is June 1st, and then we start the tournament uh, 8 a.m. on uh, June 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. So it's uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday next week, and uh, you know, you're more than welcome to come out and, and watch these young ladies hit the ball strategically. They're not 
crushing the ball to get it somewhere. They're just, I want to go from here to here to here. So it's very methodical. It's a different game. But there's some that can crush it. Oh, yeah. Yes, there are definitely some that can crush it. Right. Portercup.com is the website. If you click on the women's division tab, it's got all that information as well that uh, Brian just said. And uh, we, look, uh, we, we wish you the best of luck this week, Brian. Good luck, and yes, good luck with the weather. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Awesome. Brian Oakley with us and Alex Namoski, one of the players. Uh, the Women's Porter Cup starts this week on Wednesday here at Niagara Falls Country Club. Okay, we're going to take a timeout here on TD Green. When we come back, uh, we'll do a little reminiscing about Fred Silver, a big name in the Western New York golf community, especially here at Niagara Falls Country Club. Uh, when we come back, also, we'll get Jeff's PGA Tip of the Week coming up. Also, more on Phil Mickelson's win as we roll on here from the beautiful Niagara Falls Country Club. Along with PGA Pro Jeff Medes, I'm Brian Colziel. Corey Griswold producing back in our Amherst studios. Thanks for listening. Tee to Green, more coming up right after this on WGR. You're listening to Tee to Green, presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome. Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs, Pendleton Creek Golf Club and Lancaster Country Club. Stay tuned. More Tea to Green coming up. Time for a check of the PGA Tour leaderboard. Brought to you by Callaway Chrome Soft. This ball is different. And also by Puma Golf Shoes. Back here on Tea to Green, 725 on WGR. Thanks for being with us. We're live at Niagara Falls Country Club in Lewiston. We're in the Porter Cup room. A little chilly outside, so we're, we're nicely on the com- in the comforts inside here. Uh, PGA Tour leaderboard check time now, and it's the Charles Schwab Challenge this week in Fort Worth, Texas. Colonial event. And uh, Jordan Spieth, the Texas native, having a good start. 63-66. He is on top by one over Jason Kokrak. Spieth is at 11 under. Kokrak is at 10 uh, and then a large group at eight under that includes Sergio Garcia. Uh, he amongst the group there. He was tied for the lead after day one as well. Uh, Phil Mickelson, a former Porter Cup champion here, uh, defending his PGA championship. He missed the cut, Jeff. So uh, no weekend, a lot of obligations for him. I was even surprised that he ended up uh, going through with playing. I thought maybe he might withdraw. He shoots 73-69, ends up missing the cut by one one shot. I think he has a commitment with Charles Schwab, maybe. So that might be why he showed up for this event. That could be it, too. Yeah. So yeah. maybe he had no choice. Maybe he had no choice. Yeah, there are sponsors, well, he, he probably always has a choice, but yes. that was probably something for him. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll have more on Mickelson coming up here uh, in our final segment. But uh, we want to continue on here, talk a little bit more about the Porter Cup and the women's edition this week. It's Wednesday through Friday. Spectators can come up and watch. So uh, if you're looking to watch some great local golf here, come up and cheer on the ladies this week. Uh, But also a name associated with Niagara Falls Country Club, uh, Fred Silver. And he passed away last year. We unfortunately, because of COVID, were not able to come up and do live shows last year. But uh, just we wanted to give a a couple of great memories and uh, reflection on him. P.J. Altero, one of the uh, Porter Cup tournament directors, he's got his hands on all the Porter Cup events here, uh, is joining us now. P.J., good morning. Thanks Thanks for coming on here. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Sure. Thanks for having us here. We, uh, we always look forward to coming up. Um, so the Women's Porter Cup is this week. I know that you're involved as well here. Yeah. So Women's Porter Cup is coming up this what's week. What's the excitement like from your end? Uh, you know, it's, uh, Porter Cup's a, a 12-month process. So this is just a culmination of a lot of work um, from a lot of people for the women's tournament. Uh, the men's tournament's coming up in July. Uh, and then obviously we conclude with the senior tournament uh, right after Labor Day. So it goes right through. Yeah. And that's great that... It's been able to expand now to having all three. I know that uh, what the women's event now is in its eighth year, so that's it's uh, it's gotten bigger and better every year. It has, and uh, the women's tournament's really taken off. 
uh, with a lot of work from this gentleman right over here, Brian, who's put a lot of time and effort in. Uh, the men's tournament, then, you know, the senior tournament broke away maybe in the mid-90s for their own uh, set of dates, and uh, that has taken off. And uh, I can tell you, Dave Silver and I get emails every single day about players wanting to come play from all over the country. And recently we lost, you lost uh, one of the great names in uh, Niagara Falls Country Club history, and Mr. Silver. Can you, uh, can, for people that don't know, I, I, I was fortunate enough to get to play with Mr. Silver a couple times. So, so people that don't know, can you give them a little background on, on the history of Mr. Silver and how, how he, and Niagara Falls Country Club and how they're interrelated? Yeah, you know, uh, I joined, uh, my family joined in 1984, and right away um, I had known Fred because his son David and I are friends, but we started playing golf right away. And Fred was, he's the gentleman of golf. Um, even the greatest player as he is, he always took the time to, uh, to help you on your swing. That was more important to him than his own, uh, was helping other people. And, uh, and we've played a lot of golf together over the years. He meant a lot to this club. Um, he was the catalyst behind the Senior Porter Cup. And, and you know, and we're, we're looking forward to, you know, we've, we have a plaque in his honor going on this year in the golf course. And um, you know, we wanted to do it last year, but obviously we couldn't with COVID. So. Uh, right before the Senior Porter Cup this year, we got a plaque commemorating all of his accomplishments and just who he is as a person. And I know the Buffalo District Golf Association just created a scholarship in his name, the first ever Fred Silver Golf Scholarship. And fortunately, going to a young man who I know a lot about his golf game, Anthony Delasani Jr., who's going to—he's committed to Valparaiso and he's going to play in this event, isn't he? He is. Yeah, he was. Anthony was our best player in the Buffalo Districts last year. I think he won the match play, the individual. And maybe a few others, but uh, he was by far uh, the best player around. So uh, he was deserving the points title mm -hmm. and the invitation to play in this year's Porter Cup. And what an honor to get the first ever Red Silver exactly. scholarship. Yeah, he'll always have that. And uh, you know, it's something that we thought about doing. The Buffalo District jumped right in, and as soon as you know Fred passed, it was like this is a great way to honor his legacy and to keep his name out there for for many years to come. And I don't think people know how good Mr. Silver was. I mean, besides the great human being he was, how good of a player he was. Oh, I mean, I believe he was a 29-time Niagara Falls Country Club champion. Uh, he's won the district, I think, three or five times. Um, you know, within the Society of Seniors, when he became a senior, that is the kind of the association for all the senior golfing uh, tournaments in the country. I believe Fred got up to, to rank second in the country among senior amateurs. So um, he was well-respected in that regard as well, and uh, just one of the greatest players ever to probably come out of our state. Yeah, 18 times Fred Silver played in the New York State Amateur Championship finished in the top five four times, played 13 times in the state mid-amateur championship, was the runner-up in 95, uh, and then, of course, holds many, many uh, accolades and records here at Niagara Falls Country Club. Yeah, his name is all over these plaques that surround us, so <laughs> yeah. there's, uh, there's plenty of memories for Fred around here. As, as someone that's come up here to cover the Porter Cup events, I know he's obviously was instrumental in that. You mentioned the senior Porter Cup, too, but... Um, he seemed to have a role in all these events here and being a great ambassador for the club, I'm sure. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the biggest memories is, you know, I think back in 1983 when Scott Verplank, who's one of the greatest amateur careers ever, uh, was in the final round with Fred Silver and Mike Slipko, another member, and they battled all the way down. I remember sitting in a tree on 18 to try to watch it because I was too short to see over everybody. And, you know, Fred and Slip held their own against arguably one of the greatest amateur golfers ever. And it was just uh, – it got me to want to play better golf and to want to play in this tournament. And uh, that's the kind of inspiration I think he gave a lot of us as, as young golfers. Very, very cool. And I know, obviously, that uh, local businesses are also helping out here, too. I know you guys have a, some new relationships, but also, I mean, these are local businesses helping local communities with local events. Like, this is what makes Western New York so great. Yeah, and, you know, you know Western New York, we, we, we support our own. And, 
Encore has stepped up and they're now um, partnering with us. They're our official golf ball sponsor uh, for men's, women's, and senior Porter Cups. So uh, every player in all three tournaments will, will get a dozen balls uh, from Encore and they're going to be our partner you know, moving forward. That's excellent. I know other sponsors throughout the Western New York area help out with all the Porter Cup events. So uh, kudos to them for stepping up. Um, PJ, just I guess, how about just what are you looking forward to seeing this week here with the women coming in and uh, some of the best amateurs across the country and the world here coming to play at your place here? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's uh, the women's tournament's really it's, it's it's getting better and better every year, and the fields are getting better and better every year. Um, you know, we've been playing a lot of golf already this year since March, yeah. and the golf course is in great shape. And uh, it's difficult. And the rough is very thick. Uh, this rain's going to help things a lot. I like it to be a hard test. Yeah. And it will be a hard test. And I think uh, uh, these ladies are some of the best players in the world. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to give them a true test of golf. Awesome. Well, good luck this week. Thanks for giving us a few minutes and uh, obviously sh shedding some good memories on Fred Silver. Okay. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. PJ Altero, one of the Porter Cup tournament directors, joining us here as uh, we obviously reflect on one of the best and greatest names in golf here in Western New York of all time, Fred Silver. Uh, we know a name that'll always be linked here uh, with Niagara Falls Country Club. Okay, we're going to take a quick time out here. Again, if you missed any of the Porter Cup information on the women's tournament that's this week, uh, we'll have the entire show up on our on-demand audio section at WGR550.com. I'll tweet out the link a little bit later today uh, at Brian WGR as well. Okay, when we come back, um, Jeff and I will tell, tell you a little bit about more about the men's Porter Cup history and including a guy that won the PGA Championship last week, Phil Mickelson. We'll give you our thoughts on his big win and what it means uh, to the golf world when we return here from beautiful Niagara Falls Country Club. Along with Jeff Metis, I'm Brian Colesio. More Tea to Green coming up right after this. You're listening to Tea to Green, presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome, Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Bean. And by our home clubs, Pendleton Creek Golf Club and Lancaster Country Club. Stay tuned. More Tea to Green coming up. Let's get the latest on the Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup report is being brought to you by Jumpa Agency, Main Street in Clarence. Back here on TD Green from Niagara Falls Country Club, we're in the Porter Cup room inside the beautiful clubhouse. Brian Colziel, PGA Pro Jeff Metis, Kevin Sylvester has the week off. want to uh, thank our guests here so far. Brian Oakley, the Women's Porter Cup Chairman. Also, P.J. Altero, one of the other Porter Cup tournament directors, for joining us the last two segments. Some good thoughts on the Women's Porter Cup, which is this week on Wednesday here at Niagara Falls Country Club. Uh, and also from P.J. on Fred Silver, of course, uh, a legend in the Western New York golfing community, uh, passing away last year. But uh, some great memories of him here and his connections uh, with Niagara Falls Country Club. And also, we are, we're joined by one of the players who will be competing this week, Alex Navoski. Uh, it'll be her fifth Porter Cup. She joined us actually two years ago. And we had that interview as well. We'll have it all up on our on-demand audio section at WGR550.com, and uh, we'll tweet it out as well. Uh, you heard the Ryder Cup report. Dustin Johnson on top of the Ryder Cup standings right now. Bryson DeChambeau, who's moved into second uh, with his good finish last week at the PGA. Justin Thomas is third. Brooks Kepka has moved from seventh up to fourth. Uh, I'm sorry, from sixth up to fourth. Marakawa is in fifth, and Xander Shoffley is in sixth. So those would be the automatic six that would be on the team as of this moment. Do you think uh, DeChambeau and Kepka will be paired together in the uh, Ryder Cup? I don't. <laughs> I don't think they put them I two together not. in the uh, alternate shot format this week, this yeah. year. That's right. He uh, Interesting stuff there, for sure. You want to get to that first here before we talk Mickelson? <laughs> I just find it entertaining. Yes. Yes. So uh, definitely a buzz this week in the golf world was 
Bryson and Brooks going after each other a little. It all started with an interview at the PGA Championship where Brooks Kepka uh, was taping an interview with Golf Channel, and the video got leaked out as he was talking about having some, what he thought a lot of people were having trouble reading the greens. And as he's talking about that, DeShambo walks in his background and kind of mutters under his breath. Like, he chirped him. Yeah, yeah he chirped him. Said, yeah. if you just hit it on the right line, you're fine, you know, <laughs> essentially. And Kepka then distracted, rolled his eyes, dropped a couple of words that we can't say on the radio. The interview with Golf Channel then at that point obviously didn't air. Well, it somehow got leaked out on social media, and now it's been kind of fuming all week. It's really turned into a big saga. Um, the fact that DeShambo responds back. Later this or earlier uh, in the week, they had announced the, the the next match, which was you know Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady pairing up against Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau. Brooks Kepka commenting to Aaron Rodgers on Twitter saying, "Sorry, bro," essentially in reference that he's got to be paired with Bryson. Bryson responds and saying, "Glad to see I'm living rent free in your head, Brooks." Which is a good line. There was a song made about it. I mean, it is it is turned into a soap opera, and I'm sure the PGA Tour. They don't like the fact that that video got leaked out, but the buzz that it's creating here with a Bryson Brooks rivalry, you know, they might not tell you on the record, but off the record, they're like, "Yeah, this is good." I think it's I think it's fun. <laughs> I love the I, I, who's the bad guy, right? Which one's the which side are you on? Um, I've been a Brooks Kepka fan, and uh, I I just think it's entertaining. They pulled that video really quick. I think whoever owned that video wants the NFT. Is that what they are? Yeah. When you can sell. That's right. That, that thing may be worth some money if you own that one, because um, it was it was priceless. If you haven't seen it, try to find it. Yes, it's really really good for sure. So yeah, I the the talk is the the pleading from uh, from Twitter land and social media crowd is to the USGA to please put Brooks and Bryson in the same group at the U.S. Open for the first two rounds. Yeah, well, there wouldn't be a lot of small talk going on, although they might chirp each other all the way around, which would make it way more fun if they uh, actually were uh, making sarcastic comments to each other after bad shots and stuff like that. But I I don't see that happening with the uh, with the U.S. Open. Oh, it would be, it, it'd be really good. Talk about a Thursday-Friday ratings bonanza if those oh, two are paired together. Yeah. That would be incredible, for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah, and they both hit it far. Yeah, it would be fun. Yep, no doubt. Um, let's talk now about our Champions Tour report. Now it's brought to you by Donald Ross Clothing, the world's finest golf apparel. And, you know, we talk about Champions Tour players. Well, Phil Mickelson could be playing this week in the Senior PGA Championship, which, by the way, on NBC. Remember, it was at Oak Hill a couple of years ago? I remember. Which was fun. I was there. Um, but before I get to that leaderboard here, Mickelson skipping a big event on the senior tour to play the week in front of the major, then plays the PGA, then plays this week on the Charles Schwab. I'm thinking right now with the way he's playing, he's probably thinking, look, the Champions Tour is always going to be there. Correct. I'm, I'm going to play while I'm hot and playing as good as I can. Probably, would you agree with probably maybe his strategy now? Yeah, and he even made a comment that, you know, he doesn't know if he'll ever win again, but who knows? He gets hot like he just did this week. He could win another time or two. And I think, um, you know, maybe he's got his eyes set on the, the Ryder Cup or something like that where he's maybe he's playing well enough to be invited or, or, or something like that. I, when, you're, when you win a major, I can't, it'd be hard to go back to the senior tour event because you're still going to feel like you're competitive against the best players in the world. And, and he must feel that way. He's got to be filled with confidence right now. So, so why not keep trying to play and, and see how, this, how far you can go with this hot streak? Yeah. So this week, the uh, the PGA Tour champions uh, are playing the Senior PGA Championship. And uh, to our Canadian listeners that are just uh, across the river here from our view, uh, I'm sure you're happy with who's winning. Mike Weir has a four-shot lead right now. 
Um, he's through two rounds. There are a few handful of players that still have to finish their second round. They had play suspended due to darkness, but Weir's in front, seven under, uh, and then a large group at three under that includes Steve Stricker, Rocco Mediate, uh, and others, but four rounds for the senior PGA. They do play three rounds regularly on the Champions Tour, except for the majors where they play four, but uh, Weir's off to a nice start there. And uh, I know the Canadian fans are loving it. And it's fun to watch him. He's got such a beautiful swing. You know, he, he, I felt like he, he lost his game somewhere. It's good to see him competing again on the senior tour. And he's done well on the senior tour. He's, it's, he seems to have a little, a little bit of rebirth out there. It'd be nice for him to win. It's a major. Um, it would be good for Canada. Thank God they're playing golf finally in Ontario, I heard. So um, that is good. Oh, that is good news. And, um, but yeah, it'll be fun to watch on NBC this week. I, it's always fun to watch the majors. There's always a little bit more pressure and, and watch these guys try to close it out down the last hole and not, not, spit the bit as they say as they try to win the major that's right absolutely brian colziel pga pro jeff meet us here on t to green we're live at niagara falls country club it's women's porter cup week coming up this week wednesday through friday the event is free to come out if you want to be a spectator uh, i'm sure the ladies would love to have you come out and uh, cheer you on It'll be a fun day walk around the course watch some good golf watch some of the best youngsters uh, playing here and we know we mentioned Brooke Henderson mm-hmm. maybe the biggest LPGA star that has played in this event she played in uh, the first one and uh, they've got a great field coming in this year so that starts on Wednesday with the first round play uh, at 8 a.m. so if you're looking for something to do Wednesday Thursday or Friday come on up yeah, a little shout out to Lily Zhang another local girl playing in this event she's going to be one of the youngest I think the youngest competitor in the history of the event I know Lily she's a very very good player very young she's uh so even just coming out and I I kind of disagree I know you, they, these girls bash it he was saying they're going to go point to point out here these girls everybody's hitting it far now and come out and watch how good these people hit it and uh you'll be impressed yeah and their swings are just so good right I mean, uh well they're at a high level of golf yeah. so yeah their uh, their swings are very very good yeah all right, uh, let's let's shift gears here to Phil Mickelson. By the way, if you want to see the uh, the plaque from the Porter Cup room or the picture of Mickelson from 1990 when he was a, a super youngster here, I just tweeted it out at Brian WGR. Um, but his win last week at the PGA, just age 50, the comparisons of where it fits all time in PGA Championship history or in major history. Um, now that we've had a week to soak it in here, where does it fit? Yeah, well, I, I think you said it best. It's the greatest PGA championship ever. Um, and I heard a question this week, is it, you know, he's won, that's his sixth major, I think. And there's only a few guys have won six majors, but only one person's ever won over 50. So which is harder to do? Um, it might be harder to win over 50. And um, it, it's, it's still setting in that a guy, you know, film, is he one of the greatest players in the history of golf now? I... I mean, he was always up there. He's a Hall of Famer, but something like this caps a career. It's you know he's in the he's in the zeitgeist of everybody in the world now because at that age, winning a major championship, beating the Young Bucks, the way he did it, um, it was it was a ton of fun to watch. Um, it wasn't uh, it wasn't dramatic, you know, at the end there and anything like that. But it was it was amazing to see and. Um, I, I think it's one of the coolest things I've seen. Being a senior myself now, I think it was extra special to watch him go out and, and clinch that title. The comparisons, uh, the, we were debating last week, as you said on the show, like, is it the greatest PGA championship ever? It, it might end up being the best win. The best win, maybe yeah. not the most exciting. The most exciting PGA championship ever, I'm going to go for my vote, 2000 Valhalla, Tiger and Bob May in that playoff. And, yeah. and maybe my favorite Tiger moment ever. I know... 
probably for people, Tiger's moments where the, the chip in on 16 at the Masters, mm-hmm. that's, that probably might get the most votes. If you were going to say, what's your one Tiger moment? For me, my favorite Tiger moment, because it's, it's all about what I loved watching about Tiger, it's in the playoff against Bob May where he makes the bomb putt and he chases it in and then he points at it as the ball is going in. Yep. And then he picks it up and gives the huge fist pump and the crowd just going bonkers. I just, the confidence, it, it reminds me of just, you know, Tiger has so much of, of what to like about him, but that he was the best putter under pressure ever. Oh, he's the best putter that's ever yeah. lived, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and uh, I agree, that was way more exciting because that was back yes. and forth. And Bob May played great, and May, too. You th- there were so many moments when I've watched replays of that event of thinking, oh, my God, he's going to win it here. And then Tiger would somehow get up and down from an incredible spot, or he would make the bomb. And know, Bob May was footer. just like laughing because it's know. like, How, what else can I do to win this thing? And uh, he just, yeah. it, that was a lot of fun. But Mickelson this week, that's just a, that's a different level. That's a, I was kind of hoping he'd come down to the last where he'd have to make a birdie or something to do it. But uh, it, my heart might not have been able to take Phil Mickelson needing to, to do something on the last hole because we've seen it a couple times where whatever, yes. you know. But uh, so, so, how about some of those moments? 17, the tough par three where he hits it over the water and it, I think takes a bad luck bounce, hits the middle of the green, but then it goes to the back, mm. and he's stuck in that kind of high fescue grass. Um, with of the old Phil of 20 years ago tried to flop it and tried to maybe get it close to make a par, he chunked it, hit at it, knew, knowing, hey, I have to get this out. Right. I'm going to, worst case, take a four here on a par three and go, go to the 18th up two. And he, he executed it great there to get that bogey. And then on 18... Decides to hit the driver, but knew he had room. I could hit it. He knew I could even miss it into the gallery, and I'm fine over there. And he had that final nine iron to hit out of the rough. You know, would the adrenaline push it out? He's mentioned the Tom Watson hit on his final hole when he was 59, that he overhit it maybe by one club. And Mickelson said he took that into account a little, and he ends up hitting it pin high, perfect. Lagging it up there to a foot, and that's, yeah, those are the kind you like to tap in for the win. Um, it, it was, I mean, it did have its drama because you could see, oh. oh, there, there was a lot of bogeys to be made and the golf course was outstanding. I mean, what that a, was a star for sure. Yeah. The golf Hugh course, Island, yep. yeah, it was a, it was a showcase for it and, and it's looked super du- difficult. So you could see a, a double bogey could sneak up on anybody at any time at that place. Yeah. So Mickelson gets major number six. That puts him into a tie with Faldo and Trevino. I mean, those are legends of the game right there. Right. Yeah. That's, that's pretty darn good yeah and Mickelson should have is it an easy argument to say he maybe should have double digits he's had six runner-ups at a U.S. Open now maybe you say look at two or three of those should have been his Uh, a couple of them the Tiger won he won big Um, Goosen beat him I think by I want to say there wasn't much drama at Shinnecock in 04 when he beat him there but we know of course he loses by one to Justin Rose at Marion a few years ago when it was closer. But the one that probably most will remember is 06 at Wingfoot. He's going to 18 with the lead. And he hits that drive. Debating back and forth three-wood driver. He takes driver, and then he hits the corporate hospitality tent. Then he tries to go over the trees, and he catches a tree, and he ends up making a double, and Jeff Ogilvie sneaks in. And Colin Montgomery had a chance to win that event, too. Which I'm glad he didn't win. He had a chance. All he had to do is make a par. Hmm. And he chunked his second shot and couldn't get up and down. And that, I think all that adds to the legend of Phil, too. And that's why on Sunday it was so cool <laughs> to watch him just, you know, 
tap one in for the win. Instead. But that's what made it, t- it, it made it like a grind to watch, too, because you're thinking, because you just, you have these moments of huh. thinking, is Phil going to do another Phil here? It's in the back of your mind anytime you're watching Phil, for I would sure. think, yeah. But it's so what it makes him maybe one of the most exciting golfers ever to watch, for sure. I don't know if he should have double digits, but I think he should have at least eight majors at yeah. this point. He's been that good. Yeah. Six, Mickelson, six for Mickelson. Again, Faldo and Trevino have six. I mean, if he gets to seven... Now you're That's, this this next group. How's he going to get this? Uh, he could win another Masters, I think. He knows right, that course. Right. But Bobby Jones, Gene Sarazen, Sam Snead, and Arnold Palmer. Pretty That's good. that group of four right there at seven. And Harry Varden. I'm sorry, that he, group as well. He's already in the elite with the majors category. Is anybody going to break that record of winning a major at 50 years of age? I I know we're I know people are playing longer. I know fitness is better. I know golfers are better. I know the ball doesn't know how old you are when you when you're hitting it, but it's tough to compete at that level. I mean, it's not just because of the age, mental grind. The too. mental, and you've yeah. been doing it for thirty years. You've been playing in tournaments. It's you know, it's it's a little different than when you're thirty-five. Yeah. Then you've got Tom Watson, who's the only one with eight. Player. I wanted him to win so bad at that British yeah. that year, but player and Hogan with nine, and then the three players that have the uh, double digits. Walter Hagen, eleven. Uh, the the majors were a little different for Hagen back in his day. There was match plays. Yeah, and stuff. match plays. Tiger, of course, with 15, and then Nicholas with 18. Yeah, they used to count the U.S. Amateur as a major, too, because there wasn't uh, another event. So. Right. And back when Walter Hagen played, the Masters wasn't even going yet. So that's why he doesn't have any Masters. So you know, But it was a different, obviously, setup back then with match play and everything like that. But, yep, congrats to Mickelson. So, yeah, I just tweeted out a picture for Mickelson um, of not only the, uh, the plaque here in the Porter Cup room where we are at Niagara Falls Country Club, but also the picture of him winning in 1990. So, uh, Did you at him with it on your tweet? So you could, <sighs> I should have. So he's very Mickelson. active. He might have responded. He might see it, yes. Uh, I'll, uh, maybe I'll, Do that. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll add a little uh, piece to the thread here, see if he, if he remembers this picture here. Um, before we go here, let's get to our Western New York PGA Tip of the Week, brought to you by the Western New York PGA. The Western New York PGA has one goal, promoting and growing the game of golf today, tomorrow, and beyond. How do you hit the Mickelson flop shot with, well, with his 64-degree wedge? How do you do it? I wouldn't do it with a 64-degree wedge. Even though that's what he has. I know. I, okay, I, so I, I would have a hard time with that People listening might have a 60 in their bag. Correct. Yeah, okay. How do you hit it? I think you should have a 60. I think most people should, should have a Should you try to hit it? If you're, let's say you're listening. You're a 90 golfer. Mm-hmm. Okay? That could check off a lot of people that's listening. Right? How do you hit that shot? Or should you hit that shot? Well, there's, there's multiple ways to hit it. Um, there's two or three techniques to really add loft and get that ball to cut under, or get that club to cut underneath the golf ball um what you can there's a way where you can preset your left wrist and just kind of keep it there the way i like to do it most is i'll um i'll kind of approach it like a bunker shot um you, you i like to uh widen my stance a little bit get my knees and my butt down a little lower and i'll open the blade a little bit and i try to come in with the blade open kind of like a bunker shot with a lot of speed and the the analogy is i'm trying to cut the legs off Stay connected to our shows and get in on the conversation. Follow us on Twitter at WGR550. Brian Cozio back here at Niagara Falls Country Club. Hey, we want to apologize. We lost connection there with about a minute left to go in the show, but we didn't want to leave you without saying goodbye here from the beautiful Porter Cup room in Lewiston here at Niagara Falls Country Club. And uh, just remind you, the Women's Porter Cup is this week at Niagara Falls Country Club. If you want to come out and spectate, cheer on the ladies, it's Wednesday through Friday, and tea times start every day at 8 a.m. I want to thank everybody here for uh, rolling out the red carpet. As always, Brian Oakley, the Women's Porter Cup Tournament Director, P.J. Altero, one of the other tournament directors as well, for coming on and sharing his memories of Fred Silver. 
Uh, we wish good luck to Alex Namoski, one of the players. She'll be playing in her fifth Porter Cup. She joined us earlier in the show as well. And a thanks to Marty Shimo and Tim Engel also here for helping us out getting us set up here during the week. We will talk to you next week. We appreciate you being with us. For PGA Pro Jeff Minas, I'm Brian Colziel, Corey Grizzle, producing back in our Amherst studios. Tee to Green every Saturday. We'll talk to you next week right here on WGR. You're listening to Tee to Green, presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome, Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs, Pendleton Creek Golf Club and Lancaster Country Club. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.